And so I actually ended up dropping out of high school, not once, but twice. I never graduated. And while all my friends were off to college, I was living with my parents, gaming up to 16 hours a day in their basement. I remember I was, I was drunk when they handed me my son in the hospital. They didn't know I was drunk. I worked with people who could stay abstinent from crack cocaine. And then they went back to prison because they could not stay abstinent from marijuana. They will send inappropriate pictures, primarily of their body parts. Our teens will send back their naked pictures or partially naked pictures. I had overdosed in eighth grade. I think that was shortly after I was suspended. Our teens are going through their hardest life transition in a world of rapid change and information anarchy. These are their stories and the advice from experts dedicated to helping them. Welcome to Beyond Risk and Back. All right, parents, I want to talk about enabling. And this is this is a tough one. We don't like this word and we're accused of it a lot as parents. Um, when our kids are struggling, even when they're not struggling, parents, counselors, people like me, that 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 E word, that enabling, that's enabling behavior. You're enabling your child. I want to talk about this. I want to break it down because we can attach enabling to anything that we've done that ultimately has led our child to be able to do something easier. Okay, let me say, let me say that again. Anything that you do that makes it easier for your child to make bad choices can be considered enabling. And we will, honest to God, walk on eggshells if we try to make sure that every choice we make, every decision we make, it makes it harder for our kids to make bad choices. But that's enabling because that's not allowing the kids free will to to create their own environment that might be kind of messy and then learn by natural consequences from their mistakes. So what I want to do is I want to actually go through some of the things that we have seen working with kids in treatment um, that parents have done. And these are common things. So if you find yourself doing one of the common enabling acts, it's very simple. Don't do it anymore because it's a bad choice. And the reason why I say that with a smile on my face is because I hear parents all the time saying, my kid makes bad choices. My kid makes bad choices. And if you've watched in any of the other videos, you know that we make the choices that we think are going to keep us alive. That's what the ego is for. Even a kid's suicidal behavior, drug use behavior, self-harm behavior, there are enough things going on in the brain that they literally are believing that these things are better for their life. And that's why they're making bad choices. And parents who make enabling decisions are making these decisions because they think it's going to make it better for their kids. So if you find yourself that you've been enabling or you're making enabler decisions for your child, you're forgiven. It happens. You're going to do it. We're going to screw up. We're terrified of what our kids are doing. And it's made it a lot harder for our kids to actually be able to do the things that we need them to do so that they are safe. So I want to go through some of these things that we call enabling behaviors. Okay. So first of all, 
Anytime you are protecting your child from natural consequences, if you are protecting your child from the natural consequences of their bad choices, paying their legal fees, rushing away from their work, if you suddenly find out that they're in the principal's office and they're waiting for you to come get them because your kid ditched and so you drop everything and you go, make them wait. Here's the rule about the choices we should be making as parents. If the consequence that you're levying makes you uncomfortable as a parent, you're probably on the right track. When, as parents, we are making the decisions about the consequence that makes us more and more comfortable, that's going to start to speak to enabling behavior. So don't rush away from work. Don't pay your kids legal fees. Okay. Another thing we see a lot of parents do, it keeps it, it, it that, that is enabling behavior is that parents keep the secrets. Parents keep the secrets about the kid's behavior and, and they do it from others in order to keep the peace. They don't tell family members that the kid is struggling. They don't go out and find community support or start to resource themselves because they're embarrassed and they, they want to protect their kid. And they start keeping their kids secrets. These bad choices, these things that our kids have done to get help, you actually have. Look, a family is only as sick as its secrets. An addict, a self-harmer, all these things require secrets for them to keep happening. And now if you're keeping secrets, you're helping the cycle continue. And in the same vein of keeping secrets, I see parents make excuses for their kids' poor choices. And they, the grades. I saw a comic about grades a long time ago um, where it's, it showed, it said uh, 2071. And uh, the, these two parents are yelling at a kid for Fs on a report card. What's the deal with these grades? And then it shows 2007. And it shows the parents and the kid yelling at the teacher. What's the deal with these grades? We got to stop making excuses for our children. Every child is dealt a hand. And a lot of times these hands are bad. We got abandonment issues. We got abuse issues. We got all kinds of issues, trauma, brain chemistry, environmental issues. We want to point fingers for our child to rationalize these bad choices so that we can begin to understand them. But the moment you're doing that, you're doing your kid's work. Make your child explain their bad choices. And when you ask them about choices that they've made, don't give them a multiple choice answer. Well, I see you got a bad grade. Was it because you were tired? Was it because you were lonely? Was it because you were, don't give them choice. I see you got a bad grade. That uncomfortable silence that you're dealing with that your kid doesn't know the answer to, if you fill that silence, their brain will never do the problem-solving work that you're asking them to do. And we got to stop blaming other people for our children's behavior. Oh, my gosh, my child's doing this because of that group of friends that they're hanging out with. And I say this to parents, and parents hate it. Do you know that your child is the group of friends that the other parents are talking about? Your child is in that group of friends, and all the parents who are saying that group of friends are talking about your child, except for you, who's talking about everybody else's child. Stop blaming others for your child's poor choices. Now, uh, I want to talk about seeing the problems as a result of something else. Look, I was diagnosed with ADHD when I was in fourth grade, and I had learning disabilities, and often those things became excuses for my poor choices. 
But every person is required to learn how to make good choices, regardless of what's going on in their life. And quite frankly, there's a lot of kids over there in my facility right now who have a lot of things going on with their brain. There's environmental damage. There's neurological suffering that's taking place. But they are still being taught and still being asked and still being required to make good choices. Does it always work? Absolutely not. At our best, we are going to make mistakes and screw things up constantly. But we do not blame the things that we have been diagnosed with for our poor choices. We learn how to live with those, or we learn how to overcome them, and we learn how to make good choices. The next thing I see that bespeaks of enabling behavior is parents continually paying for things that makes it easier for the child to make bad choices. Let's say you caught your kid sexting. Well, if you're paying for your kid's internet, if you're paying for your kid's cell phone service, you're paying for the sexting. If your kid's making drug deals on the, on the phone, you're paying for it. And look what happens if you were to stop paying. Look what happens if you were to say to your kid, listen, I'm not willing to pay for illegal behavior on the internet. So I'm willing to provide internet to anybody who does not use it to break the law. And when you stop paying for it, if they want internet, then they have to begin to resource. Maybe they have to get a job so they can pay for their own service. Maybe they have to get a part-time job so that they can go, but that's the natural consequence of someone not being willing to pay for bad mistakes anymore, for bad choices. The other thing is that we keep calling them accidents and mistakes. I just said it, you know, paying for mistakes, paying for mistakes. Look, one time's a mistake, two times is an accident, three times is a sign of character. So we have to also start to look at and question parents who are paying for their kids' attorney's fees and paying for the court fees. When the child gets, gets in trouble with the law, how much is the parent taking on? Hand the problem back to the child. The only way a child learns how to problem solve in this world is by practicing with smaller problems. A child will never learn how to play the goalie if the parent is always there behind the child blocking the ball from the net or blocking the putt. Uh, blocking the net from the puck. You've got to let the child fail. You've got to let the child screw up and experience the consequences of their actions. This starts to talk about my other video about protecting versus preparing. If we're not preparing for this world to deal with the Taco Bell managers of this world, and what I mean by that is if you're doing something different for your child as a consequence that the world would do for you, to your child, then you're not teaching them about the world. You're actually protecting them from it. And when a child hits 14, 15, 16, 17 years old, we can't protect them from the world and anymore. Listen, some of the, the bottom line of this is truly about trying to control their behavior. Make a list of everything that you think you can control in your child. Now go through that list again and ask yourself, no, really, what can I control? Because the truth is, is that no one can control another human being. And at best, we can control our homes. A lot of times I work with parents who have lost control of their homes. And that's understandable when their kids are acting out. When their kids are saying, if you take my cell phone, I'll kill myself. Well, then you call 911. Why? Because they've just threatened their lives. That's dangerous, not normal behavior. That's dysfunctional behavior. And the Taco Bell manager would call 911. 
caretaking a child looks like following through on consequences. The world doesn't always just threaten a consequence and then just let it go by. Yeah, sometimes it does, but you shouldn't. If you threaten a consequence, you follow through. That's taking care of your child because you're teaching your child how the world's going to work. Enabling is a tough one. It brings up a lot of guilt and a lot of shame as parents. I know. I have I have a 21 and a 22-year-old. I understand. I've been through this. And I watch the parents in this facility in our facility learn how to make solid con- consequential actions, make and take consequential actions so that the child learns from the poor choices. These are some examples that I see of enabling. Hang in there, parents. This one's hard, and we're all making it up as we go. As always, if you need support, contact our facility at 303-443-3343. Check out our podcast, Beyond Risk and Back, at beyondriskandback.com. Parents, take care of yourself first. Take care of your adult relationship second. And take care of your children third. Because in that way, we do our best work with our children, and we truly model how to take care of yourself. We'll talk again soon. Thank you for joining us for another episode of Beyond Risk and Back. Join us each week for your connection to experts in adolescent health and wellness, recovery, and responsibility, and also to listen to teens talk about their lives in crisis. For more information on our program for struggling teens or me, please go to firemountainprograms.com, join us on Facebook at Fire Mountain Residential Treatment Center, or at Beyond Risk and Back. Visit our YouTube channel at Fire Mountain RTC for even more support with our parent training videos. Special thanks to Mental Health News Radio for their continued love and support of our program. Please go to mentalhealthnewsradio.com to see all of their podcasts. Feel free to email me at Aaron at firemountainprograms.com. <laughs>